Welcome to the latest episode of Nostalgia Myalgia, a podcast where we revisit things we liked when we were kids and ask, was that really any good? I'm your host, Erin Rand, and today I was joined by my friend Courtney to talk about the book Holes by Lewis Sacker and its movie counterpart, which was released in 2003 and starred Shia LaBeouf. If you haven't read the book or seen the movie, be aware that there are some mild spoilers. Thank you for joining me live in the studio, Courtney. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Holes. And just to start off, do you remember the first time you read Holes? I don't remember the first time, but I do remember they assigned it to us to read in like fifth grade. It was like our class reading. And I had already read it 20 times at that <laughs> point, And I was kind of a jerk to everybody else because I was basically like, y'all are all idiots for not having read this before. This book is amazing. This is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> kind of terrible. So you spoiled it for everybody. Kind of, but they should have read it at that point in their lives, I think. By fifth grade. Yeah, because yeah. that's, I don't think it's that difficult of a read. That's mm-hmm. something you could definitely do in elementary school. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I read Holes, although I do think it might have been, like, in fourth grade for class. But I do remember that I read Sideways Stories from Wayside School yeah. in, like, the second grade. And in the third grade, I wrote a story with my friend Melanie and where we just basically ripped off the concept of sideways stories from Wayside <laughs> School and wrote, like, a different chapter about everybody in our class, except the chapters were all, like, one paragraph long. <laughs> that's awesome. I forgot that that's by Lucy Carr. Yeah. I completely forgot that. I liked those a lot, too. Yeah. Because that was a whole series, right? There were two of them, I think. Oh. But I remember really liking them and them being, like, I don't know, really creative or something. Yeah. His style of writing, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. Like, any every book I've ever read by him, like, it's very distinct. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell it's him, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, and I think Sideways Stories for Wayside School is, like, written for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Like, a more of a, like, my first chapter book type of book. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't remember the first time I read Holes or, like, even it having that much of an impact on me. <laughs> What did you think about Hold when you read it for the first time when you were however old? Yeah, I, I love that. That is one of my favorite books of all time, even now. Like, I can still read it, and I'm perfectly like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, I remember especially liking it because being from Texas, Texans mm-hmm. love anything that they can say, oh, this is a Texas thing. And Louis Sakar wrote Holes after he moved to Texas, and he just felt like it was so hot all the time. <laughs> so that's how he came up with the concept of them going out to Camp Green Lake and digging holes in the heat. Like, his descriptions of how hot it is are based off of Texas. So when I learned that, I was like, this book is amazing because Texas. <laughs> and you saw him. How old were you when you, like, saw him speak? I was like... 13, 12 or 13. I was in junior high. I remember that because I know I was too old to be there. <laughs> but I met Louis Sakar and he signed my book that said the Barnes and Noble and Corpus Christi. <laughs> so I guess whenever he was there, 
But yeah, I think I was the oldest kid by like five years, probably. It's okay. We went, my family went to go see the guy who wrote The Polar Express when I was like in high school. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's also, a, that's a classic. Yeah. Though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we're also going to talk about the movie today. Do you remember when you saw the movie? Did you see it in theaters? I saw the movie in theaters. And I was very skeptical when, <laughs> because I, I the books are almost always better than the movies, I think. I mean, it depends on, you know, you can argue about that. But <laughs> because I went into the theater knowing that the book was one of my favorite books, when I went to see the movie, I was like, okay, there's no way this is going to be very good. So I went in with really low expectations. <laughs> So overall, it's like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, did you see it in theaters? I think I did, but I don't remember. All I remember was on Disney Channel. <laughs> they would show, like, the music video for, like, Holes Dig It song. <laughs> and I just remember that. But the only time I actually remember watching the movie was we watched it at Trinity once in somebody's dorm room. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and we ordered a pizza. And that's the, like, only time I ever remember watching it. But I'm sure I did see it in theaters. Was I there? Yeah, you definitely were. <laughs> we were in, like, John's room <laughs> in in Thomas. I do not remember <laughs> that at all. <laughs> and I remember then being, like, surprised at how romantic it was. <laughs> there are some genuinely, like, I want to say, like, adult moments, but, like, things that... Like, mm-hmm. we as older people can appreciate. Yeah. Like, the whole love story. I can't remember their characters' names now. Kissing. Sam oh, yeah. And Kate, Catherine Barber. Oh, yeah. 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 That's the only part I remember from the movie watching it then was, like, the past parts yeah. and not the, like, holes <laughs> parts. I remember being really, really upset that Shia LaBeouf didn't put on a bunch of weight for yeah. that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because that was one of the, like, in the book, it talks about, uh, Stanley's just super fat and nobody likes him, doesn't do anything, and then at the end, he's, like, carrying people up mountains. (laughs) Well, maybe it's because he would have had to, like, gain weight and then, like, lose it all, that they were just, like, don't gain weight. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they didn't do that, but, like, when I saw it in Beatus, I do remember being kind of outraged, like... They aren't representing our chubby population. That's good. You were a social justice warrior. Yeah. Even when the movie came out. Absolutely. (laughs) And then I really, I don't know, watching the movie makes it a lot more obvious that it kind of touches on a lot of touchy subjects. Yeah. Race relations (laughs) back in the day. Interracial relationships. Yeah. (laughs) Just... A lot of things. And then, you know, murder, robbery, thievery, Mm -hmm. and suicide, technically, because she makes the lizard. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And homeless issues. So, yeah. Social justice. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so when you reread it, what were your impressions now? Also, had you reread it? As an adult at all. Yeah, it's not a fair question because I've definitely read it. That's <laughs> like my standby book. I mean, I 
I think that it was really well written, and I don't think I appreciated it fully when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that like come up later that mm-hmm. you don't think about. Like it all, I just really like how it all ties together, but it doesn't seem like there are some books you read where everything is super coincidental, kind mm-hmm. of. And like, yeah, there's a lot of coincidences in the book, <laughs> like how all the people were related to people from the past, right? Yeah, but. Like, I like how it wasn't, like, just something you kind of figure out all at once. It's mm-hmm. something that there have been hints about throughout the book, yeah. kind of. So, I really appreciate that, especially now. But, yeah, I, that's not a fair question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, like, definitely struck by the fact that it didn't really feel like I was reading a middle grade book. Like, the writing was really simple, but it didn't... I was not, like... When we were reading the boxcar children, I was just like, oh my god, we get it. Like, you don't have to spell it out for us anymore. But, like, I didn't feel like that with this book. So that was nice. I would say it's definitely, like, I think the framework of the book is much more, like, adult fiction Mm -hmm. than... I mean, it's obviously... It is written for children. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to read. But their framework, I would say, is really similar. Yeah. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> there was like a line in the book that I highlighted because I was like, thought it was kind of hilarious that was said, Stanley was glad there wasn't any like race relations problems <laughs> in the cabin. Like it was just like straight out, just like said it. <laughs> and I was like, that might be a little too simplistic of a view. It's a little obvious too. <laughs> like... <laughs> And then it, like, went on to list, like, this person and this person is white, and this person and this person are black, and these people are Hispanic, but everyone was the same color when they were covered in dirt or something like that. (laughs) I do remember that part. (laughs) That was, like, one point where I was, like, kind of took me out. (laughs) I was like, whoa. Yeah. At least it's kind of for a good cause. He's trying to (laughs) make kids know everyone's the same. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. What were your favorite parts of the book? I don't know. I really, really... The flashbacks, I think, were probably my favorite part. Just because I like how you see Kissing Kate Barlow kind of come out. Because mm-hmm. at first, like, I... what I do remember, like, reading it the first few times that, like, I had no idea what was going on there, really. It was mm-hmm. like... Who is this person? Why do we care? Kind of thing. <laughs> they didn't understand the concept of a flashback. Yeah, exactly. But but like going through it, I can see that. Yeah, but I really enjoyed like seeing that transform, and I do. I like his like imagery throughout. He's very descriptive in a lot of things, mm-hmm. like talking about how Camp Green like looks, and I know it's all just like. It's a desert. It's really <laughs> hot. But I like the way that he kind of shows that. Mm-hmm. Like, just through their actions and things. I don't know. It's really stupid things. I just really love that book. <laughs> Could say almost anything. No, I think I really like the flashbacks, too. Maybe it's because I'm, like, a history person. <laughs> so I was like, yay, history. <laughs> and I did think it was hilarious that, like, when they were back in Latvia or whatever, mm-hmm. that's where he's from, Latvia, that 
Madame Zeroni was like an Egyptian person in Latvia. I was like, I don't think that would happen. <laughs> like back in the day. <laughs> I think Madame Zeroni was probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, the kit. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, so we can go in and talk about what was your favorite part of the movie other yeah. than other than Eartha Kitt. <laughs> other than Eartha Kitt. Oh, that's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, when it first came out, I really liked the Dig It song, <laughs> which I now know is terrible. <laughs> I know. I thought it was so cool. And then we were listening to it. It like plays over the credits, and I was like, I'm embarrassed for these kids that they made these kids do this. <laughs> I think the best part is that the kid who played Zero... Is apparently now a rap artist. He's a six foot one rap artist. And that was his start with Holes. <laughs> Singing Dig It. I really yeah. hope that was his inspiration. I actually feel like I've heard his name in some like gossip rag recently. Really? So maybe he's he's significant somehow. Mm-hmm. He's gonna hit the big time. Mm-hmm. Um oh the slow motion was also a favorite part of the movie. Yeah, because if you go back and watch it, they use slow motion in really inappropriate times, I would think. Like, for no reason at all, so. (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised when I was, like, looking up the movie that it got, like, really good reviews. Uh, Like, Roger Ebert hated it. Or maybe it was Richard Roper. One of those two hated it, but then everybody else really liked it. It was like, it's so full of heart, which it definitely is. Yeah. But I was a little surprised at how positive the reviews were. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, like, it's a pretty good, like, it's not a terrible movie. No, it's as not. As far as, like, one of those, like, children's books made into. And I think a lot of that is because Louis Sicard did, like, this screenplay. Yeah. Over. Because you can tell he brings in a lot of the little things from the book that mm-hmm. normally wouldn't make it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm trying to remember, there was one point in the movie where I was like, ah, oh, they're bringing that in there, even though it's not really, like, mm-hmm. a key moment. I can't remember what it was now. But. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable movie, if not, like, a little cheesy. Oh, it's... Absolutely super cheesy. It's definitely like the pinnacle of Shia LaBeouf's acting career. 100%. I would say it's Holes and then Even Stevens and then everything else. I don't even know what else he's been in. He was in Disturbia? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was in like Transformers Mm. and Indiana Jones. Mm. So I guess some people would credit those things as the pinnacle, although that Indiana Jones movie was terrible. I blocked that from my memory. I couldn't. We went to go see the Indiana Jones movie on, like, a holiday or something, like Thanksgiving or Christmas with my family. (laughs) And, like, my dad and sister and I were really disappointed and we're like, that was terrible. And my mom was like, it's an Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just that... Every other one is good because I don't like the second one. Mm-hmm. So the first and yeah, the third, that's true, really good. But then the second and the fourth, I should do a nostalgia mile, John Indiana Jones. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Except I refuse to watch the fourth one. Again. I'm gonna make you. I hate it so much. I made Olivia watch all of Inuyasha. <laughs> so that's awesome. And she was pretty willing, but that's a big commitment. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of Inuyasha. <laughs> Yeah. So, 
background holes. Yeah. There was, like, a thing where Shia LaBeouf was, like, watching all of his movies. Yeah. Did you see that? I wonder what he thought about holes. I don't know, because he wasn't... I mean, it really... It's not a bad movie. Yeah. But he is, like, really cynical about, like, his whole child stardom. So, I'm interested. Yeah. That would be... We should try and get him to do an interview with us. Yeah, definitely. In the next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or I can just look up what he said, and I will add it in the outro. Mm. That's probably a better, more reasonable (laughs) option. Yeah. And I wonder what the other kids, like, if... Actually, no. This is what I wonder. If I hadn't read Holes before I saw the movie... Would it still, like, would I have liked it at all? And would it have totally made sense to me? Because, like, some of the flashbacks when they start, there's, like, no real introduction to anything. <laughs> like, it just kind of starts happening. And, like, I understand, like, oh, this is one of the flashbacks. And, like, it's obvious that it's a flashback because mm-hmm. they're all dressed differently. But, I don't know. Like, if you were be, a kid. If I was a kid, how confusing would that be? Or are they just assuming everybody... Has read it. <laughs> I don't think they're assuming everybody has read it. I feel like it would still make sense. And I feel like kids have, like, better grasps of some of that stuff than adults do. Like, they don't ask as many questions. They're, like, just more willing to accept it. That's true. So, I don't know. I think it would still work out. Hmm. Okay. Are there any problems you had with Holes, the book? And then we'll move on to the movie. Holes, the book. Mm-hmm. I know it's like your favorite, <laughs> but I'm asking you to talk shit about it. Mm. Um, like as far as how it was written? Just anything. Oh. I really did not like when Stanley was having zero dicks about his whole Yeah. Like, what an asshole. <laughs> like, how much energy does it take to teach one child how to read a right, like... Yeah. And all Zero wants to do is, like, better himself, and he's so nice to Stanley. Although Zero, like, did kind of insist. Yeah. I think Stanley agreed and was like, oh, no, you don't have to dig my hole. And then Zero insisted. See, they did that in the movie, but I think in the book. Oh, really? I thought they did that in the book, too. I thought it was in the book. He was like... No, I can't because I'm too tired, which I think is bull. And then <laughs> I don't know. Like, you should go dig a hole out all day in the middle of Texas. <laughs> I don't think it would be that hard. How tall is five feet? I mean, that's shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the width would be. I don't think a lot of the holes that they dug in the movie were five by five. I actually thought a lot of them were deeper. Yeah, I think because they were like standing like in the hole and it was like above their heads. Yeah, I think some of them were deeper, but I don't think they were five feet wide. I just didn't seem. <laughs> I had issue with the whole size <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Oh, and it also bothered me that there was like no government presence that was yeah. checking up on Camp Greenlight. That was, like, my biggest thing was, like, this is, like, actual child abuse. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody should be checking, like, what we are doing with our youth. Yeah, and, like, how did they get approved in the first place? I know, like, the whole pitch was, like, we're just going to have them dig holes. (laughs) Like, unless the people 
who approved it really didn't know about the holes. They thought it was a camp. But yeah. even then, like, somebody should be checking up on that. I'm curious how the warden, like, thought this whole operation up and then, like, got her government connection to send the kids out to her camp. That would be a great book. Is <laughs> the prequel. The Life of the Warden. Because I feel sorry for her. Because mm-hmm. her grandpa was making her dig holes every day, even mm-hmm. on Christmas. But then, what about that gap after he's died? <laughs> and then the kids are at camp all of a sudden. Like, yeah. Is she just living out there by herself, digging holes? Possibly. But when they, like, flash back to her youth, she, like, seemed to, like, not like digging holes. So I don't know why she continued to dig the holes. Because she knew there was treasure. <laughs> I don't know. The whole situation, I think, is mm-hmm. a little suspect. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one of my biggest problems. And then the other problem, which like would have been asking a lot of Lewis Sacker to do this, but like felt like it was a simplistic view of like how people end up in... Like, the penal system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That could have been difficult. Yeah. I feel like it would have been hard to, like, portray that to children. Yeah. But, like, as far as, like, the whole, like, race relations go, like, that's a lot more complicated. (laughs) Just, like, some of them were black, and some of them were white, and some of them were Hispanic. But they're all the same color. <laughs> it's like, no, like, you know, the white people probably got preferential treatment, so there are fewer of them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably a bit of a stretch. But I do kind of appreciate that you can tell he's trying. Yeah. Like, well, and this book was written in, like, what, 1997 or 1998? Yeah. And so I feel like if it was written now, it might be different because of, like, the climate and it would have been, like, portrayed a little differently. Yeah. But in 1997, I don't think that was something that was, like, on the forefront of everybody's mind as much. Right, right. Or maybe I'm just colored by my own experiences. Yeah, it could just be that we weren't aware of it <laughs> yeah. at that time, which is probably very true. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I mean, you see it more on the news now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a lot to ask, but... Yeah. She's like, I know this book's only, like, 200 pages, and the font's, like, size 14, but (laughs) can you, like, imbue this into your novel? Can I just say, like, I know it's longer than, like, the boxcar children books, Mm -hmm. but those took me so much longer to read (laughs) in holes. And I know I read holes a lot, but... (laughs) It was painful to read through the boxcar children. <laughs> oh, it only took me like 45 minutes. Definitely took me longer for holes, which I admittedly did not finish all the way through. <laughs> well, I was on the plane when I was reading boxcar children, and it was almost better for me to not read at all, to just sit there. <laughs> oh, poor boxcar children. I know. They're orphans, and we hate them. <laughs> So, any complaints about the movie? Other than Stanley not being chubby. <laughs> mm. 
Why don't you tell me yours? I don't really have any complaints about the movie. I actually really enjoyed the movie. I actually think I enjoyed it more than the book. Not because I didn't like the book, just because I felt like it was more entertaining. Yeah. And I really liked, like, all of the celebrities that were in the movie, and I don't understand how they, like, got conned into being in the movie. Like, like Sigourney Weaver and John John Boy and Henry Winkler. (laughs) Eartha Kitt, like... Why? Why did you agree to be in this movie? That was, like, baffling. I did. I liked that, though. That and Patricia Arquette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Dulé Hill. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't think he was famous at that point. <laughs> Maybe not for TV, but for his tap dancing. That's true. 100%. Yeah. I thought the cast was really... I mean, the cast is pretty much how I imagined everything. Yeah. Other than Charlotte Buff not being chubby. Mm-hmm. You know. X-Ray was totally how I imagined him. Like, exactly. Really? Yeah. I felt the same about ZigZag. <laughs> the hair, like, does everything. Oh, yeah. It's, like, crazy. I didn't imagine him as blonde for some reason. Which <laughs> he might have said that he was blonde. Maybe I skipped over that. Did I or maybe just, they just thought blonde people were underrepresented at Camp Green Lake, and so they made him mm-hmm. blonde. Okay, the one thing in the movie that I thought, maybe I was just, like, misreading it in the book, but I didn't feel like Dr. Pendansky was as mean in the book as he was in the movie. He was, like... He was, like, mean to Zero, but I didn't, I don't know, I didn't read him as, like, a condescending asshole as much as the movie portrayed him to be. Like, I read him kind of as a condescending asshole, but... Like a slight... Yeah. Yeah. I I remember him being... He was, like, nice to everybody except for Zero. Yeah. I mean, I thought they did a pretty representative job, though. I mean, at least, like, in the beginning of the movie, he is, like, super nice to everybody yeah. except for Zero. Maybe it's because I didn't finish the book. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does... He has some moments in there where you're just like, really, Pendansky? Mm-hmm. Come on. But, I don't know. I thought, the cast overall, I, it was just perfect. Scurdy Weaver did a great I job. Know. <laughs> but, I shouldn't think. My one complaint about the movie, or other complaint about the movie, would be the transitioning between, like, present day and past. Like, all of the flashbacks mm-hmm. and everything. I think they could have chosen better timing on some of them. Yeah. Because some of them, it would be, like, in the middle of a scene where people are talking to each other, and then flashback, unrelated. And then it would pop back to the middle of that scene. Yeah. And there's, like, nothing tying the two together at all. Yeah, they weren't, like, as related. Because I feel like in the book, they would say something, just, like, just a little thing that would sort of, like, spark... There'd be the like flashback. A, a trigger of yeah. some sort. But then that didn't come through as strongly in the movie. Yeah. Like a lot, some of the movie just seemed kind of choppy to me because it was like, oh, we have to fit in this much storyline. This looks like a good spot. Yeah, and it was a long movie. It was like two hours yeah. for like a kid's movie. I bet that's partially because Louis Sicard like wrote the screenplay. <laughs> like he's not yeah. cutting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was, like, anything really significant that they cut or, like, didn't include, but nothing's coming to mind. They didn't include the bully, the guy oh, that yeah, yeah. Stanley, and, like, his whole alibi for how oh, he yeah. gets out of Camp Green Lake, which, I mean, we all know he's innocent, but, <laughs> like, what 
would have triggered his release. Yeah, that's true. Other than just having a lawyer, you know. Yeah. But that's pretty small compared, like, with the overall Mm -hmm. story. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. I kind of wanted more flashbacks in the movie. I just wanted it to be all flashbacks. (laughs) I didn't want Sam to die, and Kissing Kate Barlow and him could get together. Yeah. And then the whole Holes movie would not have happened. Be it. Yeah. You, you should just rewrite it. That yeah. Way. That is my alternate universe fan fiction of like Holes. <laughs> oh, that was another thing that made me mad in the movie was that his great, great, great grandfather who stole a pig thing. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they show him in the movie, and he's not carrying the pig yeah, up the mountain. Yeah, he's walking the pig. I was like, that defeats the purpose. Yeah, he's, You're supposed to make you stronger. Exactly. And I just think he should have had to carry it. Yeah. Otherwise, how was he going to carry Madame Zeroni? Exactly. Then which he didn't sense. do anyway. So I guess it was fine that he didn't carry the pig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Major complaint, though. Mm -hmm. So, would you recommend Holes, the book, to children and adults? I would recommend Holes, the book, to anybody and everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't really understand why I love it so much. I just, it's part of it is just nostalgic for me now. And part of it. No, I think it's like an actually good book. Yeah. I mean, it is, but. I don't think most adults would read it as much as I do. <laughs> Who would you recommend the movie to? I I think the movie is better for like younger kids. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's really it's not a bad movie either. Mm-hmm. It's just some of like the music choices and oh my gosh, the soundtrack of the movie was like. Just a time capsule of 2003. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it was weird that they just, like, put... I guess they used to do that in movies, and still do that in movies, but I feel like not as much. They, like, just put random pop songs behind the action. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's one point where, like, they had, like, an actual soundtrack, like, that they orchestrated. And then it went into some country song, and (laughs) she's like, Dermot New Desert, and... Then there was a rap song kind of thing. It was just very yeah. Funny. It was yeah. It was like then it was like a pop. There was like a pop song yeah. too. A lot of eclectic music choices. I feel like they could have just stuck with one. Like if they had just stuck with country, it would have belonged. It felt like it belonged in Texas. Yeah. But then they wouldn't have had "Dig It," which is my new favorite song. They could just put it under the sound or the ending credits like they did and it would have still belonged like how they do those terrible pop songs at the end of disney movies mulan's is the worst yeah agreed (laughs) although i do like the stevie wonder 98 degrees collaboration that is at the end when they're partying yeah that's pretty great (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah i would recommend it for Maybe not, like, adult adults, but... Maybe adults with children. Yeah, adults <laughs> with children, anyone who wants to relive the 2000s, early 2000s, and then I would say younger kids. Okay, so there's a sequel to Holes called Small Steps that follows Armpit. 
after he gets out of Camp Green Lake, do you plan on reading it now that you know it exists? Now that I know it exists, I absolutely do, but I'm going in with kind of low expectations. I read the Wikipedia summary, and it's, like, very dramatic. It seems like a tonal shift. Yeah, like, it begins, like, that Armpit's, like, trying to get his life together living in Austin, Texas, and Armpit shows up and, like, wants him to help with a ticket scalping operation. Um, Armpit. (laughs) Squid. (laughs) Yeah, that seems very different. You'd think they would have learned, because if you make a bad kid dig a hole every day, it becomes a good kid. Yeah, that's solid. That's... Thought, I think. Absolutely. And that's why the Camp Greenlee got funded. <laughs> I'd be interested to read it just to see if they have any interactions with the other campers. So. Yeah. I don't think Stanley's in it, according to Wikipedia. Mm. I mean, that would be, if I was one of those kids and I got out and I needed help, I would definitely be calling the two people that found buried treasure at the camp, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I want to know what, like, Zero is up to. Also, this is my other complaint. I did not think Zero's mom was going to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think it was realistic that she was still alive and looking for him and seemed to, like, have her life together. Yeah, especially, like, in the movie, she shows up and she's dressed really nice. I know. And... I don't understand, like, how you suddenly got your life together after leaving your child and losing him at the park. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. didn't think that was realistic. Yeah. I want to know, like, what if they blew all of their money and they're living in I don't know. The curse is broken now, so they'll be forever lucky. But zero was curse. That's true. He was just naturally unlucky. Uh, That's unfortunate. That kid was adorable. Yeah. Can't believe he's 6'1 now. (laughs) Any final thoughts on Holes? Everybody should read it. It's a great book. If you watch the movie, don't expect to see Chubby Stanley. All right. Well, thank you for joining (laughs) me in my really professional studio. (laughs) It's lovely. Thanks again for tuning in to Nostalgia Myalgia. If you liked what you heard, head to MinervaMag.com for other awesome podcasts like Bardolatry and Novel Ideas, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at MagMinerva. Minerva.